0: Welcome to Thinking Past Sunday, where we discuss everything from theology to giving a biblical perspective on things of the unknown. As believers ourselves, we hope to interact with believers and non-believers alike, answering questions and giving insight into things not typically discussed in a Sunday morning service. Let's go.
1: All right, guys, welcome. Thank you, thank you for uh, listening in if this is your first time. We're just sitting here talking about inflation and the, the basically the price of food.
0: Well... At- Brad, I'm, I don't mean to interrupt, but you know there's no inflation. There, you are the strongest right. economy we've had in many, many, many. You're right. You you're know right. that thing that we call we call those you know the you know that's my impersonation of Biden. <laughs> <laughs> you did know? you
1: did you see his speech the other night?
0: No, I is no or any pictures
1: of it or anything. No. Well, first off, I was all before I get into that. I was thinking the other day, like when we pre-record, right. Some of the stuff that we talk about, like what I'm getting ready to talk about now, is going to be old old news by the time it actually oh, gets yeah, put out there. Yeah, but yeah. uh, his speech, um, he comes out, all the lights dim down, and these bright blood-red lights in the background. And he has two Marines standing back there, and it's just like this—it's just black and blood-red. What and, in and, and all he talks about—he didn't talk about inflation. He didn't talk about none of the important things that's going on. Right. Really. He talked about— how uh, the the MAGA Americans, the MAGA Republicans, are basically
2: just uh, we're insurrectionists that are a threat to yes democracy.
0: Yes. He said Republicans are a threat to democracy. Not all
2: Republicans, mainstream Republicans are okay.
1: It's the the MAGA Republicans, oh, MAGA the ones you, who support Trump. Trump, Trump. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah, What an idiot. And then the next day, and that's that's all I talked about. And then the next Not day, Trump, by the way, right uh, the next day, whenever he was asked. About that, he's like, "No, I." He basically went back on what he said about the MAGA Republicans. He's like, "I don't think they're all bad or whatever." He's okay. like, "But just the scenery, how they yeah. made it look was wow." They they wanted to
0: vilify. They wanted to vilify. Yeah. They wanted it to yeah. look well.
1: terrifying. It was just ridiculous.
0: Actually, I I, I should uh, recant. I I just called the president an idiot, which is probably not uh, a respectful don't. thing to say about the office. Right. However, um, and the truth is, I, I, I genuine, genuinely, do not believe that he is, um, unintelligent or an idiot. I, I believe he is mentally diminished. I mean, sincerely, physically, medically, he's struggling mentally. And yeah. I don't, you know, then that's not necessarily his fault. Right. You know, who I blame more than anyone is families and those around him. They keep propping him up there. Mm-hmm. I almost feel sorry for well, him.
1: Well, and I, that's <clears> the main reason why I honestly don't believe that he's even the one really running the show no. because he, I don't see how he was, he's not capable.
0: No. And, and I would say that
1: about any president who was in that, who was yeah, obviously
0: it, just right. diminishing. It has nothing to do with, in my mind, Democrat or Republican. No, you know, not in at terms all. In of, terms of Joe Biden, it has to do with Joe Biden. And, you know, I did see the blip of a speech where he continued to read when it said end of mm-hmm. end of whatever at the end of the uh, repeat the line yeah, yeah repeat he yeah. said let yeah. me repeat the line no yeah. he didn't so anyway it's uh you know it's so really he,
1: sad to watch honestly yeah. like and i would hope that people who support him see that as well yeah like it really is sad. i mean there's tons of
2: video footage where he's like got his hand out like yeah, he's just
1: like shake. trying to shake nobody's yeah. hand. It was like or, that's
2: so or, sad. Or he's already shaking hands with somebody. He's trying to shake him again. <laughs> right? I'm yeah. like, Did you see? Uh, I did see the one where he he he's holding on to a podium
0: that's not there. Really? Yeah. His his hands like grasped around something wow. invisible, and he just stands there like that the whole time, like he's holding on to a podium, but there's there's no podium. That's he just sad. Has his, you know. And the thing is, let the let the man. Nobody is going to, to deny if he were – if they were to come out and say um, President Biden has – must, you know, step down for medical reasons. Yeah. You know, and it, we're saddened and – you could say it however you want to say it, but nobody's going to deny he's – you know, that right. he's sick. Nobody's going to say, oh, he's just stepping down because of some other reason. Mm-hmm. But let, him, let him step down with some dignity. Yeah. Why do you have to wait until he's just, you know, lost all his facilities? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just well. The fact of the, the matter that. is,
1: you know, if if he was just one of our grandparents, yeah, and he wasn't the president or the you know the person that's not Trump, right? Like all of us would be <laughs> exactly the person that's not Trump, right? We would we would be like this dude needs to be in a nursing home. This is it's yeah. horribly sad that he, anyways. Yeah. Uh, well, we uh. We don't have any questions as far as call-ins or text or anything, but we do have a topic we're going to hit. If you do have a question um, or a topic that you would Please have a
2: question or topic.
1: Yeah, it it makes things a little more fun. Um, You can call or text 417-319-4380 or you can mess uh send us an email at thinkingpastsunday@gmail.com at or message us on Facebook. Um and then you can also check out the podcast uh on any of your podcast um platforms or you can go to forgebygrace.org and check out uh, our church and our podcast and sermons. Um but Jesse, you had a a topic you wanted to to hit today.
2: And yeah. Yeah, I want to talk about spiritual gifts and in, in, in the modern church and and what do those look like and um I'm I'm gonna take this from the you know, after Christ's death, early early uh early signs of the church. I'm gonna take one of the letters that Paul wrote to the Corinthians and we're gonna talk about the spiritual gifts that he lists there. Primarily I'm gonna focus I I'd like to focus on one. Um but Let's talk about all of them. You know, he lists out nine separate spiritual gifts. This is in, if you want to read it, it's in First Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 11. Um, he, he, he lists out spiritual gifts. And these are the nine that he, he lists out in there. Um, utterance of wisdom. Utterance of knowledge. Uh, Sometimes we might want to take a look at what the difference between those two are, because there is. Yeah. Uh, faith. Healing working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, another con- another one I think we need to explore sometime, tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. And he does this in prefaces right before he starts talking about... Uh, nope, ignore that. I didn't mean to say that. No, that's something, I'm thinking of something else. Um, but anyways, uh, no, 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 I was right. He starts talking about... he does this right before he starts talking about the overall body of the church and, and how we need each member and each member needs us and the, the symbiotic nature of the Christian church that, you know, we can't exist without one another. Right. Um, but one of the things I want to talk about is because it gets, um, it gets kind of abused a little bit. I think in today's world is talking about healing, mm-hmm. you know, cause you you got, you got, people that are oh I have the gift of healing I can heal anybody anytime basically you know come to me and you know donate money to my church and, and you'll get a healing yeah uh, but what is what is you know when we talk about the gift of healing is it what is it that that gives that power how does it work is there gift of healing today you know let's I would like to explore it what do you got William
0: well I. Particularly as it relates to the, to the gift of healing, I think you have to be very careful before we um, we focus in on one particular gift and assume that what God did in the first century church and what God is doing now are necessarily identical in terms of the way He's using gifts, um, and we also have to be very careful that we don't just feel like. Um, because God gave me this gift, it's, it's sort of up to me whether or not God's going to heal somebody. Right. You know, I can heal you. Yeah. No, you can't. Uh, even if you have the gift of healing, you can't heal anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, God can heal, and mm-hmm. I believe He sometimes does, but also believe it's His sovereign will that we don't understand that people uh, are not healed. There are people that, clearly, I don't want to burst anybody's bubble, but there are people who actually pass away. Right, you what? know, people. Yes, people actually. Even in these big churches that can that can heal everybody, they still have church members going to funerals. Why is yeah. that?
1: And even getting sick with, right? You know, wait, terminal wait. illnesses. And, and, and
0: why would you possibly even worry for a, a half a second about COVID or something? I mean, you just pray for healing, right? So I don't under. You know, it's everything in our experience is. Um, or, or in the church's experience seems to be contradictory to some of the stuff that's being taught. Yeah. And, and proclaimed. Um, and, and so I think we have to be careful when we just start, because it becomes a presumption. In fact, mm-hmm. um, uh, a pastor, um, I won't say the name, but he recently, recently released a book. Um, And in one part of it, he he said, uh, you know, they were talking about this person that had been sick and in the hospital. And he makes the statement, and I think the the sentence itself is very telling. He says, and and as we would expect, God healed this person. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, that's a presumption. I mean, you're expecting it and not expecting the sense of I can't wait to see what God's going to do in this sort of anticipation of, you know, seeing God work, but just expecting the result. Yeah. You know, because you don't know what God's going to do. Yeah. And he may choose to heal that person and he may not. I had a lady call me uh, one time that had lung cancer and she said, I I don't know that I'm, um, I don't know that I'm saved. Yeah. And this, this dear lady was a pillar of the church. I, you know, I, I was a pastor for several years and I, I said, well, talk to me about that. Why are you, why do you say that? Um, and so we walked through her salvation experience. I said, then, uh, you know, be secure in there. She said, well, I've been going to another church on Sunday nights mm-hmm. because she had started going to an, uh, a different denomination church and that was teaching healing and, and so forth. And that if she just had enough faith, she could be healed. And that if she didn't have enough faith to be healed, then she should consider whether she, you know, has faith at all. You know, is she is she a, even a Christian because she can't be healed? And again, Christians pass away, yeah. You know, and at some point, uh, so anyway, we, we kind of work through that. Um, and and that the message that it's up to you somehow to manipulate God—that's um, the scary part of it. I I do not doubt for a moment that God can and does heal people, but it it is always God's. At, that's at God's discretion. Right. And, I mean, we can pray for it. Um, so we we have to be careful when it becomes an expectation and a presumption. Mm-hmm. Um, because you just cause people to to really question their faith. And if they're not healed, as this lady was not, because she died of lung cancer uh, just a month and a half or so after that conversation. Um, but it, I hope that I was able to reassure her. But had it not been for our conversation, she would have been on on the edge of of passing away. Instead of with the confidence and peace of Christ, mm-hmm. with fear that maybe I don't really believe. Maybe I don't have enough faith. Yeah, which means maybe I don't have enough faith in which Christ. Is, to that's a be very saved common thing
1: yeah. now. Is if if yeah. you don't have enough faith in yeah in a healing or whatever. Where where does that? Do you think that? Uh, The difference in um interpretation of scripture comes from
2: i think one of the phrases one of the one of the pieces of scripture that gets that that plays into that a little bit is out of james and i'll actually read it real quick it's james chapter Mm 5 starts in verse 13 is any among you suffering let him pray is anyone cheerful let him sing praise Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will rise up in him. And if he has committed sin, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The power of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So... That's that's James chapter 5 through thir- 13 through 16. And, that you know, a lot of people say, well, you, if you have faith and you pray in faith that, you know, it says right there, you'll be healed. Mm-hmm. But here's something about that whole church. It's God. Right. Now, do I believe in, in healing through faith? Absolutely. And, and I want to give a personal testimony here real quick. So when I had been saved for, oh, maybe maybe like a year, I kept getting these really bad headaches and my neck would go super stiff and I couldn't, I couldn't move my head hardly. And I get these really bad headaches and it went on for like a month. Yeah. And I finally broke down. And I went into the, I went, I went to the emergency room cause I couldn't even, I couldn't go to work. I couldn't, you know, so I go in and a part of my, uh, diagnosis process is they, you know, they went in, they did a CAT scan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, the doctor came back to me and says, okay, we got a problem. You have a major aneurysm in your head. Like you're going to surgery today. Wow. So my pastor was in the church visiting somebody else or in the church, or it was in the, was in the hospital seeing somebody else. You know, I called my wife cause I went to the hospital by myself and I got hold of my wife. She got hold of my dad Somebody got hold of my pastor, and my pastor was like, oh, I'm already at the hospital. I'll stop by and I'll talk with him. So we talked. He prayed for me. You know, everybody came in. Everybody's scared to death because, you know, the, the doctor's clear. You have an aneurysm. It's bad. You're going to surgery today. Yeah. Well, as part of preparing for that surgery, they had to do a second CAT scan using dye. Right. So they went in and they shoot this die in my head to do the to do the second CAT scan so they can plot out the course for their going in and operating and do the brain surgery. I didn't have an aneurysm.
0: Hmm.
2: There was no sign that I ever had an aneurysm. The medical explanation is well, the first CAT scan just got it wrong, right? But what happened was I had an aneurysm, and people prayed for me, and I got healed. Yeah. And the reason I can tell you that is not only did I not have to have surgery that day, not only am I sitting here talking on this microphone with you, I didn't have headaches anymore. After the prayer? After the prayer. Wow. After, after, after all that happened, I didn't have headaches anymore. That's cool. And so I still had the stiff neck for a little while, but I didn't have the headaches anymore. The headaches were gone. Right. And I'm telling you, I was healed that day. And the man that prayed with me has passed away from leukemia since. Right. You know, he didn't have a special power. Like brother William just said, it came from God. Mm -hmm. It may have came through the fact that he came and prayed with me. It may have been somebody else that prayed for me, you know, but prayer was answered and I was healed, but I don't know that you can be given the, like you were talking about, you can have a gift of healing. And I do believe there are some people that are more susceptible to certain gifts than others. Mm -hmm. And in fact, that's exactly what Paul is alluding to when he writes the letter to the Corinthians is, you know, you are all necessary because, you know, without somebody who has this gift or that gift and, you know, we can talk about all the gifts, you know, um, and I, like I said, I'm not especially wanting to talk about it. But I want to talk about this one because, you know, you get these people out there that that do fake healings and that's all people concentrate on when it when it gets exposed. Yeah the leg growing and all that stuff on the street yeah and, yeah all that yeah when that stuff gets exposed you know that's oh well, it's all fake mm-hmm. um, it's all it's all fake in fact uh you know when you look at from a secular view um, Wikipedia if you go to like Wikipedia it says this about faith he- healing virtually all scientists and philosophers dismiss faith healing as pseudo- pseudoscience yeah I don't think that's true. I don't think all scientists, I think scientists, for the most part, all upper-minded scientists will accept that, that science and religion and faith go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, because let me trust you, there's a lot of scientists that have that are not religious that have way more faith than most religious people. Yeah. To still have faith in evolution when it's been disproven so many times, that, I mean, that takes a lot of faith right there. That's a good episode idea. We need to we need to What's hit that? that one. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> well, and I think there are a number of doctors, both of faith and maybe of a more agnostic bent. But they most doctors. I'm gonna go out on a limb here because I'm not a doctor and I don't play one on TV. Um, but you did say the Holiday Inn yeah. Express last night, right? Yeah. No, (laughs) that's, yeah, if you, if you know that line from that commercial, then you're old, (laughs) like me. Anyway, um, where were we, where were we? Uh, Most doctors. Oh, most doctors, doctors, I would assume most doctors have had something happen in, in the years of, if they've been in practice very long, they've had something happen they cannot explain medically. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh they they may not they may choose to not call it a healing. They may call it an anomaly, whatever. But I think even uh, the best scientists and doctors will will acquiesce that there are some things that happen not only in the human experience in terms of uh, physicality, but just in in nature, all mm-hmm. around us in this world. There are things that happen that cannot be explained. Yeah, and um. You know, we, we look at that and say that's that's an evidence of the existence of something other than ourselves. And other people, you know, take a more agnostic approach to that. But so I I'd I would resist a little bit that first statement that, you know, almost all philosophers and yeah, so forth reject as, as pseudoscience. Now it may be true that it's not true science. I'd agree with that. So anyway, um yeah. So it's it's interesting. I think things do happen. I was looking at the this passage while while you were uh, talking, uh, telling, sharing your testimony. I'm looking at the passage in James you were talking about, and I think we have to be um, really careful about lumping everything that he's talking about into the same um, basket, if you will, because he's not he, he's not talking about just anybody um, and everybody that's sick. He's also saying is anyone cheerful. You know, is anyone suffering? So he has a number of people that he's talking about. And then um, the other thing I think it's important to recognize, um, because sometimes people actually want to, you know, when they're praying over somebody, they want to break out the, you know, the vegetable oil, or I guess if you're super spiritual, the olive oil, um, and anoint somebody because it says anointing him with oil. Well, anointing somebody with oil uh, in that day and time often was a reference to um, you're treating their wounds.
2: Right? right.
0: That's how they would treat people. Mm-hmm. So it, it may have been, you know, pray over him, get him medical attention, and, you know, in the name of the Lord. It, but uh, we, can, we can't take scripture like that and say, well, it says it right there. So every time, any time, all the time, well, that, I that's, that's going to be the outcome. where that, people that get twisted
2: is verse 15 specifically. Right, right. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. You know, that's where people get twisted in that very specific verse Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that, you know, if you pray it and they have faith, they'll be fine. But we know that's not true. Yeah. And sometimes, and I, you know, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, I try to, I try to remember, I love my, I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my church family. But I'm a believer of Christ, and when I die, it's going to be better than anything I have now. Well, I mean, that's absolutely true, but let, let's be careful, too, when we <laughs> – I
0: just I don't want people to uh, misunderstand you because I know you, and I know that's I know this is not what you meant. But I, I don't want people to be able to say, well, this – you know, Jesse just said – you know, read me a verse and say, well, that's not true. Well, um, so, yeah. Okay. I, I think what you're saying is that that is the outcome every time. Right. Doesn't doesn't work itself out in our experience. Right. That, you know, it's not true that God does it each and every time. But the verse, when it talks about um, restoring the one who is sick, Paul or James is talking on a spiritual um, level here, too, because he goes on to talk about uh, therefore it's uh, confess your sins to one another. Because he he goes right into the, uh, you know, if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven and confess your sins to one another and so forth. Now he talked, then he goes on to talk about Elijah. But my point is, uh, there's there's a spiritual, you know, aspect to this. And it is true that um, whether he does so at that moment or he does so on the last day, the Lord will raise him up. Yes, well, that is true. In fact, that phrase, um, the Lord will raise him up, uh, that that's you know that's last day terminology there. That's that's language of the resurrection when you talk about somebody being raised up.
2: And amen for that. So <laughs>
0: um, so yeah, for the believer, your ultimate healing is an absolute guarantee. Right? Absolutely, ultimate. Yeah. Right. But we we are so limited on how we understand healing, how we understand even our own existence here. We're so focused on this, and the Bible clearly says this is all a vapor. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like. You know this isn't as real as the next life is, and so yes, you will be healed of every infirmity. Um, it just not might not be in this sort of transient existence that we call life. So I, I just want to be. I, I it just the, the way no, those yeah. two phrases connected. I didn't want people to think, well, we got people at this church that don't believe the Bible. Um, uh, we yeah, absolutely yes, believe the that's, Bible. That's not true. Um, in any event. Just want to clarify, and 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 let's face it. If we're, you know, honest with ourselves, some things that the word says, we don't really know how to take. Um, you know, there's there's this this passage that seems to indicate all you gotta do is pray with enough faith, and it says it will happen. And then he even says Elijah was just like you and I, and yet look what he was. He just prayed, mm-hmm. and God withheld the rain, and then God sent the rain, and and the truth is. We we have to we have to wrestle through those with what does that mean in my life when I pray and I don't get a response, um, and I'm not I'm not about to propose an answer. So don't if you're listening right, you're thinking oh wait a minute he's about to tell me <laughs> I'm not I'm saying get in the get in the wrestling with us because that's what we're yeah. doing just wrestling with the text. Well what about when Jesus says to his disciples you know you ask me anything in my name well you know we we go back and qualify it and we should. That you know, if you're asking something in Jesus' name, that's akin to saying it's if it's according to His will, right? You know, then then you can have. But Jesus said, if you have enough faith, you can say to this mountain, you know, be flung into the sea or whatever it is. I now I, I've never seen that happen. Right. I mean, now how people could say, I guess that well, it's because of you you don't have enough faith. And mm-hmm. um, my my faith or or lack of it does not limit God's power. Right. I mean, as long as I'm you know and there's a difference between having absolute faith in a particular outcome and having absolute faith in Christ mm-hmm. okay i can pray for somebody to be healed and have absolute you know faith mm-hmm. How, however you measure faith and that's why i always tease that it's kind of like um, you know if your faith o meter is high enough then god can get the sleigh off the ground which from the movie Elf, you know, because mm-hmm. if kids believe, then the sleigh can fly. Well, that's kind of like uh, we we do healing sometimes, or some denominations do. If you if you get the meter high enough, yeah, then God can do a miracle. Well, God can do what God, God can do and does do yeah. what He wants.
2: God's gonna do um, what He does. But the
0: uh, so I, as long as we're sincerely seeking Christ and praying. Um, we're supposed to come to him with our our supplications our petitions and we can petition him to heal the person um and and to say i don't know if it's going to happen or not like well well now you've just you know now you're surely not going to get your miracle because you you don't even you're believe you're going to get it right. you No, know, i'm i'm leaving room for god to to be god you know and not have to jump every time i snap my fingers so, I don't know, we have to be careful of these, but we can't deny either, though, that there are some difficult texts where yeah, you're like what what did this mean and, and you know context is everything, both in terms of of the letter, but also both in, also in terms of history, the historical context, what you know who was, who was James writing to what did what would they have thought when they yeah. read that text? Would they have assumed that, well, hey, everybody that's sick? Any time, this is, this is going to happen every time. I, I would almost, I would venture to say that even in this church that, uh, and the churches that, that read this letter from James, uh, there were people who died of sickness. Right. Eventually. Well, like uh, Jesse said, they're not here anymore. They're not they're here they're, anymore. They're, and and where, where do you draw the line, anyway, at, at healing? When you're like 150 and your your heart starts giving out do you just pray for healing god heals you and gives you another few years i mean at some point we're you know because of sin at some point we're not here anymore right. and that's and, and you know and i think paul would honestly say for the believer the idea of being here perpetually is uh, a, a curse not a blessing i mean cause right. he'd rather go on and be with christ uh you know and so right um
2: and that's one of the things, you know, I tried to, that was one of the points I tried to make, you know, Paul made that clear in Romans and some other places, you know, to be absent of the bodies, to be present with the Lord, which is way better. Right. You know, my ultimate healing, like you mentioned, is when I finally get to go home, that's the ultimate healing, mm-hmm. you know, no more pain, no more, no more suffering, you know. One thing, and this is kind of
1: off topic, Um, I think... And I struggle with this, is when reading Scripture, I mean, there are some things who are written for that specific time. Mm. Right. But it's pretty common for people to just take all of Scripture and somehow...
0: Yeah, we apply it to our our, our our own lives and situations in churches as though everything that, again, as though everything that God was doing in the first century is normative Mm -hmm. for what God's doing today. And um, the first century particularly among the apostles or during the time of the apostles the the birth of the church and the anointing of the church was um essential that people understood you know the anointing of the church the baptism of the holy spirit those kind of those kind of ideas because they had never seen them before right and so god did some dramatic things also we have to remember the God's word was not complete at that time. They didn't have the New Testament, which God wanted to reveal himself through and in. And so, but now we have, we have God's word. Right. And I believe in a closed canon, which means um, the, God's word is complete. You can't add to it. You can't take away from it. You certainly can't add a New Testament of Jesus Christ, which we we should have a whole show on that. But anyway. We will. You, yeah. <clears throat> Unless you... True, okay. I'll refrain from further comment on that. But you, you can't add to it; you can't detract from it. Which is why we also have to be careful. And Jesse, I know we, we're focusing a little bit on healing, but we do the same thing, kind of thing, with the other gifts that Paul mentioned—prophecy, for example. Well,
2: yeah. It, it, pro- when I originally proposed this, flaw, you know, healing and prophecy were the big two that you know. Right. There, but there's lots in here. But. Yeah, or a word of knowledge. Now,
0: the word of knowledge—that's a modern. That's a modernism that, uh, that you don't see, I don't think you see much in Scripture at all. Uh, you know, it's like God, you know, God whispered a secret about you in my ear kind mm. of thing. All these things, and, and particularly when we get into prophecy and, and, you know, the word of knowledge and so forth, um, all these things are claiming for yourself, if I'm the one saying it. You're claiming for yourself a, a uh, level of inspiration that is like the writers of Scripture. I mean, this is direct, intentional, um, specific re- revelation from God to me. Right. Um, and I don't believe that happens anymore. And the reason I don't believe is, as I said, I believe in a closed canon, so that so that there is an authority. There's one authority for for Christian life. It is the Bible. Um, and if you open the door to, well, I've got I got a word of prophecy. Or I got a word of knowledge, you know. God told me, X, Y, Z. Well, now you have the Bible and, you know, Bob right. Johnson, right? Whatever. And right. Do you, you, the, get, you, you get you get some and, real danger yeah. there. Yeah. And, yeah. and so, you know, I don't think I don't think God's doing that. Now there are things that, and part of the re, the other thing I would say is that most people who claim to have a specific gift um, that you see in in some of the uh, more I don't, I don't even know what to call them and, and, not, and not sound um, like I'm being pejorative because I'm not. I'm just trying to be descriptive. But, you know, um, churches that practice, quote, the full gospel, um, which, you know, even, even that moniker to me is slanted a little bit. I, I, I was flying one time and we got talking to the guy next to me and he asked what I did. I told him I pastor a church and the guy in the seat in front of me Turned around, and said, "Oh, really? Full gospel?" And I was like, "Ah, no, we're three quarters, five eighths, somewhere around there. We don't, you know. because even to call yourself, well, we're a full gospel church, implies that everybody else is somehow not, you know, fully embracing the gospel, and it, it, it's condescending. So I don't. Know. But anyway, um, churches where people practice that and claim to have a gift like prophecy." most of the time they don't even understand what prophecy was in the Old Testament or in the first century because right. it is not uh, prognosticating the future, okay? It's not just, you know, a prophet is not a fortune teller. He's not telling the future, you know. Um, there, there was much more to prophecy than just, oh, these events are going to happen, you know, at some point or, or, you know, thousands of years from now, what have you. Um, no, there there was a, a direct and intentional Um, message to the people at the time that was applicable. And it rarely had anything to do with like, you know, oh, you're going to, you know, you're going to have this happen in your life or whatever, which, um, so the modern uses of, of some of the gifts listed, even in scripture aren't even practiced the same way that Paul clearly says they should be practiced. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the other one of course is, you know, tongues, um, Paul makes it clear not everybody gets all the gifts and yet mm-hmm. their denominations say if you haven't spoken in tongues, you you're either not saved or you're not fully baptized in, you know, the Spirit or whatever. And here's what we, we often think and um somehow we get the idea that the Holy Spirit is an entity or person apart from you. He's kinda of floating around the room. Right. You know, and when you have a church service, he may show up. Mm-hmm. Or he may not.
1: Yeah. You know, he may... Or there's songs know. that invite him. Right, yeah. Fill the atmosphere. Yeah, fill
0: the atmosphere. And we sung those songs. Yeah. They're beautiful songs. And sometimes, in this while, I always say, great song, bad theology. You know, and don't ever get your theology from a song. Yeah. Because sometimes songs take the, you know, um, what do they call it, the... the um,
2: Artistic license. artistic
0: license to say things in a way that's artistic, but we all know that's not exact. You know, so I'm not saying it's a bad song. I'm just saying when when you gather with brothers and sisters, in fact, where Jesus says we're two or more, more gathered, and Jesus says that you know His Spirit abides within me. I, I don't have to invite the Holy Spirit to come with me. In fact, I, I have, I've not invited him to leave or anything ever, but there have been times in my life where I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Uh, because Holy Spirit is with me. And it wasn't, it, at that time, was not a source of comfort and solace. It was a source of conviction. I'm like, where am I dragging the Holy Spirit here? Because he, he resides in us. Reside. We don't have to right. invite him to a worship service. When you showed up, he showed up with you. Right. Um, so I think... You know, we talk about that in language as though, well, he might, uh, um, what's the word? Not, well, you may be filled with the Spirit. Yes, you are. If, if you're a believer, yeah. you're filled with the Spirit. If, if you're not a believer, you're not. And there's no in between. Right. But we think, you know, he's like a glass of water. You get a dose here and a dose there. And, yeah. And, and so... Sometimes it
1: overflows.
0: Uh, and... Yeah. yeah and, and all that, it's, no, he, he, is a, he is an entity, is the person of Christ in Spirit, and he is in you all the time at the same level. Yeah, It is really a matter of how how yielded are you to him. right? That's what it comes down to, I think. But when you practice these gifts, you have to be, if you're going to, well, first of all, you just have to let the Spirit lead that. Yeah. Okay. But I think it's fair to say that when you see gifts practiced in a way that are just not even remotely the way Paul talks about they ought to be practiced, then you can mark it down that the Holy Spirit's not going to contradict the Word. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly when you talk about things like tongues, um, you know, he says there should be one or two in order and there should always be an interpreter. Yeah. And my belief is, you know, it's it's a known language. Uh, I don't think there's scriptural support for um, non-language, you know, vocalizations. I don't even know what to call them. If it's not a language. Was it, you know, um, gibberish, whatever. I, I don't think there is scriptural proof of that, but also he says there sh- it should be done in order, there should be one or two at the most, there should be a, uh, um, you know, should be an interpreter, and then, I know this This will go over like a lead balloon, we'll lose half our listeners, but he says, this Maybe is- not lose <laughs> listeners, but uh, <laughs> that's gain the, hate mail, okay, or yeah, gain dis- hate mail. Disagree- so, disagreement, you know, hey, you know, write, write your local uh, Apostle Paul, I guess, address heaven, um, but... It's right at the end of the uh, passage where he's talking about tongues. Ray says, and I don't let a woman speak in church. Mm-hmm. So here's the rules: it should be done in order, one or two only, always an interpreter, and women can't do it. Hmm. And yet you don't see you don't see that being practiced at all by churches to practice this. It's usually done some, sometimes people doing it at the same time. Yeah. It's, it, there, there's not a lot of order to it. There's, I've, I've only been in one service where it was done with an interpreter mm-hmm. and women do it all the time. Yeah. And it just doesn't seem to fit what Paul's talking about. So I don't know where, and apart from that, I don't know where you get the, uh, uh other than, you know, you got a couple of instances in acts where people, uh, speak unknown languages to them. And, uh, Again, I think that was very intentional for what God was doing in the early church. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so now we can get, I can get hate mail from.
1: It's bound <laughs> to happen.
0: All Pentecostal churches and especially the women therein.
1: There you uh, go. <laughs> what about, um? Uh, okay, so are you saying, or would you say that not all spiritual gifts listed are, um? um lost the word that was in my head. Applicable? Um, yeah, today. Well, and if so, why is it that some would be, and why was it that some would not be?
0: There are there are some gifts um, that are classified as the sign gifts.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay.
0: And uh, if you believe those sign um, sign gifts are still in operation today, then mm-hmm. you are known as a continuist. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not, you're a cessationist. In other words, they have ceased. Um, I fall more in line of being a cessationist, and the reason I, I I do is because, as I said, those were the context historically of when those were occurring was during the apostolic age when God is laying the foundations of the church, and it was essential that, particularly among the Jewish people, that they understood this new thing was legitimate. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that's not the context in which we live. Uh, also, they didn't have the full revelation of God as we have now. And we have now the complete uh, canon of Scripture once given for all the saints. And so um, those gifts, um, for example, when, when they would um, speak revelation or or do these gifts, um, they've, they've been displaced, I guess, is, is the best word I can think of, um, by the fact that we have scripture, yeah. So, um, and I, I think one of the things that makes it difficult um, when, when we wrestle with these questions is to understand, you know, why would God stop doing these things? You know, and and to me, that's that, that's a, a struggle. I mean, we if if we um, say we have it all figured out, I, th- I think you know maybe for me that would not even be honest with myself. Yeah. because I do struggle with it honestly sometimes like, well I, I can't articulate um, any better than I've tried why I think these things would cease um, all I do know is I have known uh, and I'm certainly not you know being arrogant or whatever but I've known Christ a long time yeah I mean I got, I got say when I was in like fifth grade and Jesus and I go way back. Um, and I have never spoken tongues, mm-hmm. and I've been through periods in my life where I prayed for it, I wanted it, I was open to it, you know, I was even seeking it. Mm-hmm. And and if you think think about that, uh, if hopefully in in our minds you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, you were seeking the, the gift of tongues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's sinful. What? Well, that violates Scripture. Paul says. Don't seek it. If you don't have it, don't seek it. It's the least of these gifts. Why would you seek the least gift? You know? Right. Uh, but that's what we do. And yeah. it's, it's amazing to me the two things that uh, sell more books and, you know, get more people um, interested and so forth um, are the two things in Scripture we're told basically don't seek it being tongues. If You write a book about tongues or you have tongues in your support, it stirs up a lot of emotion and people are. Very, very, you know, excited and so forth. And Paul says it's the least. So it's it's ironic to me that what we seek is the least. Yeah. And the other thing is um, when you write a book about um, the parousia or um, eschatology or end times, okay, because we desperately want to know about end times. But if you look at Jesus' discussion um, with his disciples, uh, and this is like, uh, I guess if, um, who's the guy that wrote the message? I can't remember who Is it Phillips or who wrote that? Anyway, uh, is it Patterson, Eugene? I don't know. Anyway, if he can do it, (laughs) I guess I could paraphrase too. So anyway, um, this is my The Message by William, uh, translation of the conversation where Jesus... Eugene Peterson. Yeah, Eugene Peterson. Peterson. If Peterson can do it, I'll give you the the William Message version of... this conversation where Jesus is with his disciples, and they say, oh, is it at this time that you're going to set up your kingdom, restore Israel, whatever? And he says, I, I don't know. Only the Father knows. And then yeah. he goes on telling them what they need to be doing. Well, the William version is none of your business. Yeah. Okay? yeah. You, you don't need to know that. You know, it's on a need-to-know basis, and basis, and you don't. So just be ready. Just be working while it's day because, you know, and he goes on talking about what they need to be doing. And yet we're we're told, essentially, don't focus on that, but yet, boy, that that is what so, people want to focus on. Yeah. So the two things of scripture, you know, it, that's human nature, though. isn't it? Yeah, you it tell is. Tell somebody you, you can't know something, and right. that's the only thing they it's want, only to, thing know, they want you know, to know. You yeah. so know, it, it's interesting. To me, um, so the sign gifts, I I, I don't know. I, I didn't mean to get, get us off topic. I'm just good at it.
1: No, I, I asked the questions. So. <laughs> no, I because it's, it's, it's something I've I've never really uh, dove into real deep, but it's always something that I've wanted to right. Because, you know, like, um, another one that interests me is, uh, discernment or how's it worded?
2: Well, there's, uh, uh, utterance of wisdom or there's distinguishing between spirits. Yeah. Um. Which that would
1: be discernment, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that fall under the discernment? uh,
2: It would, yeah, you'd be able to, you know, uh, the way I understand it and William can correct me if I'm wrong is, you know, this is, you know, um. And, and, and we're going to talk more about this in other subjects, I know, but, you yeah. know, oh, uh, yeah, but knowing that, yeah, discerning, I think it and understanding the, the principalities and the, the, the demons, if you will, and stuff, you know, being able to, to recognize the, you know, the, the evil that's around us, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, because, you know, I do absolutely think we, we, we battle evil. Not of ourselves because we can't, but we, yeah. we, we come across it in so many different versions.
0: I think in all and in, uh, in fairness to both ourselves and uh, you know, anybody listening, um, I, I think it would be good to have uh, you know a, a podcast where that's, that can be our focus on, on the cessation or the continuation of the sign gifts. Okay. and i say yeah. in, in fairness to myself because um that's some notes i'd like to actually look through and prepare a little right, bit, right, you know and yeah. because it's not it, to me on either side of that discussion it's not a straightforward easy you know um answer it, right. it's a bit more complex so right. maybe we could do a podcast where um you know we spend time really unpacking that further because i i fear as i often do i may have just uh, muddied the waters and made it less clear than it was before. I started giving an Well, no, I mean it's
1: those are obviously there's even difference in denominations because of those right th- those different views on on that topic or those topics. I mean, you have yeah denominations who are completely one hundred percent different on on that topic right. alone. So,
2: well, like you know, like William was saying, there's there are denominations that if you don't speak in tongues, right you're either not fully saved or not, and, you know, you, you know, but as, you know, as we look at this, you know, Paul's clear, some people are going to be able to do it. Some people can't. Yeah. Um, And I, you know, I wonder, you know, talk about the difference between the the early church and now, where does it even come? Where, where does that stand today? Does it, does that affect the modern church? You know, it is one of the things that we should probably spend some time, you know, preparing for you know come with our thoughts organized and uh i didn't mean to to lead us to a spot that would muddy the water but you know (laughs) but you know it is you know when you look at these things you know there are you know as williams pointed out there are things that were for the early church and there are things for us now does that mean we shouldn't talk about or teach them if we don't think they necessarily apply but it's also one of the things i wanted to open up here by talking about healing is healing spiritual healing part of the church today right well i think it is in the fact that we see people get healed through faith i've experienced healing through faith yeah but i don't put that healing on like a person Mm -hmm. even though you know it was one person that prayed with me i knew there were several people that prayed for me there was one person in the room and then my whole life changed yeah i went from a guy in pain to no more pain in my head, yeah. And I went from one moment of scary brain surgery to, you're fine. Bye. Right. Yeah. It's just, you know, like I said, I, I I do believe in faith healing that that people are healed through faith, but I don't know that it's even though when we talk about you know Paul talked about we all have separate gifts. Is there is there a person walking around that's going to you know? pull the old Benny hand. you are healed and, and, yeah. and you're automatically healed. Right. And I think, sorry, you know, I threw somebody under the base by name, but. people
1: who get so involved in that, or they say that they're healers. Like I know Todd White's another one who does all the street that really, uh, whether they, they believe it or not. It really, to me, it takes away from, from, from God because you're, you're taking on the fact that you have the, you know, they wouldn't, he wouldn't say that he would say that he's doing it through Jesus or whatever but it also i think for non believers is can be a real turn off.
0: Yeah, well, it's absolutely a turn off because they you know they they look at it as wikipedia um, noted uh, but would they say scientists and philosophers and doctors are not the only ones that yeah. look at it as pseudo you know science or or just fake um, because it's so often proven to be fake and the yeah. lifestyles of these um you know, I wish this was a new problem, but you know it's 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 ongoing, but the lifestyles of these faith healers and so forth in, in and of themselves demonstrate that they're false yeah. teachers because they they're they are very caught up in their own wealth and mm-hmm. their own well-being and popularity and so forth. so that in itself uh, tells you something but here's here's something that I think we we should consider uh, there are there are people. I'm convinced that believe in something called Christianity. They believe in their church, but they are not saved. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's because they've been granted some kind of deliverance or healing. But I don't think it was the Holy Spirit that did it. Um, if, If I'm the enemy, and I can keep you so focused on all these miracles... That are happening for you, to you, and around you, mm-hmm. that you never get to the point of recognizing that you are hopelessly, desperately, utterly lost, yeah, and fallen, and by your nature you are God hater and you are corrupted beyond, uh, you know, beyond redemption through anything you can do. If we never get to that, then you will die. Um, believing that God was the great deliverer, chain breaker, healer, and all that, and you'll go straight to hell mm. because there has been no repentance. Yeah, there has been no confession that I desperately need a savior more than I need, you know, my leg to grow an inch longer on the left. Yeah, you know, I, I. What a chiropractor yeah, could fix. Yeah, by the yeah. way. <laughs> I need, you know, I need a savior, and that that doesn't even come up in the conversation anymore. In fact, I've, I've been reading. Um, C.S. Lewis' problem of pain, and um, I, I have to bring books to read to, so that way I can say something smart. And the only time I can do that, there you go, is reading something somebody else said. So, uh, anyway, he says this: the examples given in the last chapter. I won't go into those um, of love. How love may cause pain to its object, but only on the su- supposition that that object needs alteration to become fully lovable. Now, why do we need? So much alteration. The Christian answer, uh, that we have used our free will to become very bad, is so well known that it hardly needs to be stated. Okay, but then he goes on to talk about how that used to be the presumption. Everybody seemed to understand. Uh, he said even the pagan uh, mysteries existed to, ally the con- to allay the consciousness and the philosophy claimed to deliver men from their fear of eternal judgment. But there was always an understanding that we are not good. Right. For for you know, eons mankind has understood that we know what's right, but we don't do it, therefore we're not good. We are not and so he said this though, he says Christianity now, and of course this book was written in what fifty something or maybe. Anyway, it was written a long time ago. Christianity now has to preach the diagnosis itself very bad news before it can win a hearing for the cure. Okay. You have to understand your need for a Savior before, you know, y- you can be uh, saved. Yeah. And if, if I can keep you wrapped up in miracles and seminars and, you know, motorcycle stunt guys and talk about more money and better this and, and you know, God wants you to have all uh, and be all, um, then I can keep you away from the fact that you are lost and you are You are headed to eternal separation from from God, yeah. And you desperately need Christ, and not, you know, for all these deliverances and miracles. So, anyway, I I think just we have to be careful because just understand. I I think there are things that have happened in church services that were not attributable to the Holy Spirit. If you want an experience, I I think it's possible. Um, You you can have some kind of spiritual, miraculous type experience, but. If it's not lifting up Jesus, right, and your need, I mean, that's the role of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, to convict men of their sin, the truth about Christ, and their mm-hmm. need of him. That—that that, He points to Christ. He, never, he doesn't point to himself. So if you have a whole church service where all you do is essentially glorify the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, by, you know, asking for miracles and speak, all the sign gifts, so forth, then uh, that's not what the Bible says his role is. His role is to point people to their need for Christ.
1: It shows how uh, sneaky and smart and deceiving the enemy is that he can use Christianity, quote unquote, to
2: keep people from Christ in a sense. Yeah. Well, know? yeah, I mean, he just just a final note there that you know the our our enemy used scripture to try to right. tempt Jesus after Jesus had already faced every temptation of man. Yeah. He comes to him with three more specific temptations, just for Jesus. Yeah, and he uses Scripture to do it.
0: Well, that's what Paul says. If if we or even an angel comes to you and preaches something different, yeah, you know, um, so apparently the the enemy can appear quite quite beautifully. Mm-hmm. You know, we think of demonic as you know as uh, he probably appears beautifully.
1: More often than not, I would, yes. I would imagine, or else what's the point? You yeah. Know?
0: Well, that's oh, uh, oh, uh, you know, what's his name? George Clooney and old brother were out there, and he says, "Well, everybody knows that the great Satan himself has uh, horns and a bifurcated tail." <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's yeah. I, I think he, uh, the enemy, is far more subtle. Especially, we live in a day and age where people don't. They don't know if they really believe in that. In fact, there are denominations that preach. You know, there's no no. Personal person or entity yeah. of Satan. It's mm-hmm. it's an idea of evil, and so, um, and and the truth is, uh, I think he's perfectly happy to keep people ignorant of his of his existence yeah. because he can work more effectively yeah. to keep them lost, and so
1: that itself is, I mean, I mean, we can take that a whole episode or oh yeah, even more just discussing that that part of it alone.
2: Yeah, the the greatest Satan's greatest deceive seat was to convince the world that he doesn't exist. Right, true. Well, guys, uh, I think
1: really this whole this whole episode could be there could be another more in
2: depth on uh, ma- right. many topics. It's a prelude to many, 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 many discussions. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was, uh,
0: somebody's finishing this before yeah, you say yeah. could <laughs> be what? Oh, better. <laughs>
1: Thanks for listening, guys, yeah, and nice. um, and uh, we we love you guys and uh, hope that you got something from it and we probably will come back to this topic and get even more in depth on different spiritual gifts or whatever until next time.